Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Geek Out, hosted by Those Guys Geek. I am Steve. Jason. Chris. And we're back again for another week of the top three stories, as chosen by you, because you're clicking them on our website at thoseguysgeek.com, and we thank you so much for doing that. So we're going to kick it off right now with a bit of uh, Ryan Seacrest-ish news. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks, Steve. Before I get into it, actually, I just want to say, uh, you know, big congratulations to everybody here and anybody who's been looking around. Because if you saw our post last week, uh, obviously, uh, those guys geek have been around for officially a year now. Um, so that was a, we want to thank everybody involved and everybody who's uh, taken their time out to, to follow Jason and Steve on this journey to expand as to where they are. And that was very fortunate enough for those guys to bring me in. So, you know. Big shout out to everybody and congrats again on the one year and uh, we hope everybody's enjoyed it. We got some great stuff coming down the pipe for you. But yeah, no, let's kick right into it, Steve. You're right. Uh, for those of you who uh, who may have may not notice, there are Blackberry fans out there um, who I'm sure are all of it. There are some people out there who don't seem to give a shit about Blackberry. However, Blackberry does, and that's important. Um, Ryan Seacrest, uh, he at one point, uh, well, he was a founder. Uh, Lawrence Hallier and Jonathan Goodrich were the co-founders. They're the now CEOs and COOs of uh, Typo. And what Typo would be, obviously, is uh, it's a case that would slide over your iPhone to basically replicate a full-on hard copy keyboard versus a virtual keyboard. Now, the problem is it was very, very, very close to what the keyboard looked like on the layouts. Uh, for instance, the back of the Q10 uh, anyway, so this went on. There was some lawsuits going on uh, back in January 2014. BlackBerry did file the lawsuit. Uh, well, they won. <laughs> um, <laughs> basically, it, it went on back and forth. They were forced to pull that product down. Now, that being said, that is not the only keyboard they make. Typo also does make a keyboard for the iPad, which is really nice. It is still available on their website. Yeah, I think uh, with the with the lawsuit, um, well, because this was a story that I put up on the on the website was uh, the the lawsuit is specific as to uh, what type of devices Typo can actually create cases for, and I mean, come on, man, like seriously, like if there was, if they thought they were not going to get sued when they made this case, they were fucking idiots. Like it looked like they ripped the Q10 apart, planted it on a case, and just sold it. But I'm just going to play devil's advocate here for a minute because, honestly, personally, I loved the fucking case. I thought it was beautiful. I thought It, it is was... a very nice case. Now, that being said, it uh, you know now with my virtual keyboard on my iPhone 6, I like its size. Um, but there's something to be said about the physical aspect of a keyboard. It gives you a lot more screen real estate. Now, say, and I'll ask you both this. If the keyboard layout was a little different, we'll say. So if it didn't, like, if it didn't specifically mock, we'll say, the Q10... If the keyboard was laid out, because I mean, even the keys, the angles of the keys, everything about the QWERTY keyboard on this case is identical to BlackBerry. If they move some things around, do you think they would have had a problem? Honestly, because uh, I, I was following the, the I was I was actually when when Typo first released this, I was actually thinking about getting it. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I agree with people. It's very hard not to copy BlackBerry. BlackBerry has like the best physical keyboard in in cell phones. Bar none. Period. So it was very hard to not copy that type of design. There's not in a in a like in a in a bit of the real estate that they have for the case. I honestly don't believe they could have done much differently. But I think if they got rid of those those silver bars that separated the keys, maybe if they went with maybe a little bit more flat 
contours on the on the keys, maybe. Jason, but, you look like you're frothing at the mouth, buddy. That's really <laughs> Uh, I think BlackBerry is the only company who's successfully made a physical keyboard that I would use. So if they had changed it at all, I don't know. My big question is why didn't they just go to BlackBerry and license the patent and make a fucking keyboard for it? Like, isn't Secret that a no-brainer? too much pride, bud. He's right. Yeah, but, like, John, John Chen with BlackBerry now, he's pretty open about stuff i th- i mean i think they would have at least been open to discussion instead of you know letting it go to lawsuit which i'm 100% behind blackberry on like i know you get a lot of people that are like you know hey why are you suing like companies that sue it's such bullshit and no i mean some companies do need to protect their assets it's a blatant ripoff 100% oh, 100% yeah and your question Even, is as to why you know why wouldn't he have done that the question is yeah like that's a no-brainer. If I was going to do that, they'd be the first people I would go to. Strike a licensing deal with these people. We're, you know, we're, I don't know. It, it, it baffles me that something so silly probably could have easily been avoided. The product looked like it would have sold. I mean, I'm going to use people like my, my mother, for example. If she, she hates virtual keyboards. If she had something like that on her iPhone, she'd love it. She'd use it. Like she, it'd be perfect for her. But I don't know. One thing, one thing we're, forget, we're forgetting, and Jason, you bring up a good point as to why they didn't go to BlackBerry. Um, one thing we're forgetting is the the company the case was made for. Apple is very, very strict when it comes to protecting their outside um, interests in terms of case designs, uh, even the fucking product placements of their products. Like, so I'm thinking somewhere along the lines, the deal that Typo had with Apple to make the uh, the cases, just speculation, obviously, is that prevented them from being able to give BlackBerry any money. Because honestly, you know, at the end of the day, Apple's very protective over their designs. They so, are. True. One thing Apple likes more than anything yeah. else in the world is money. And uh, I can tell you there would have been a piece, because Apple's heavily involved with every accessory maker that has to go with... Oh, man. It's you're you're right, Steve. I mean, Apple's very anal when it comes to that stuff. And at the end of the day, it's it's the matter of protecting their product, protecting their exactly. brand. I mean, it's their name, so they want to make sure that you know every Tom, Dick, and Harry, for the most part, is not creating these generic parts or these generic you know accessories for your device. Which I mean, as you guys have seen, there was a few cables and all this shit out there that BlackBerry is like wants nothing to do with. That's been causing phones to overheat. Uh, stuff like that. So, anyways, but either way, um, you know, is this going to stop them? No. If I and let's be honest, there's probably another prototype in the vault. Like they're going to make something else for this device, just to kind of expand, because they're not going to go to a one product line where they're going to make an iPad uh, keyboard and that's it. They're going to come back with something else that will fit these devices. They're just going to change the keyboard layout. That's my thought process on it. And uh, I mean, if any of you viewers or listeners out there have any other thoughts, we'd love to hear from you. Tweet it out to us. Reach out to us online. Um, and yeah. I mean, re- realistically, American Idol is ending next year, so Ryan Seacrest is going to do something besides, you know, <laughs> the AT Top 40. Man, Ryan Seacrest is going to be down to like 44 jobs instead of 45. After yeah, next, right. So he'll be fine. <laughs> I, I, I love it that you went there. I love it. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, man. So what else we, What else we got, Jason? You got well, some news there. Harry Potter fans are probably pretty excited. Um are either of you Harry Potter fans? I want to start there. Huge, huge Harry Potter fan. No, Steve, I know you're being sarcastic. No, I no, I'm not, man. I'm on, I'm honestly, 
a very big Harry Potter fan. I love the movies. I love them. Can't even read. We've established this within the last year. I mean, come on. I haven't read the books. I love the movies, though. Yeah, yeah. There we go. There we go. How have you read the book? Yes, Jason. I'm a big Harry Potter fan. Well, uh, then this news will suit Steve specifically, then, uh, since he's such a movie lover. But uh, a spinoff. <laughs> uh, I mean, Warner's, Warner Brothers announced a spinoff for uh, for the Harry Potter films quite some time ago, and they're going to base it on uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, which will be the title of their their upcoming films. And they cast the lead uh, character, uh, who will be played by Eddie Redmayne. So. Uh, who played Stephen Hawking in The Theory of Everything. That's probably the most recent, uh, you know, the recent character that he's played that he's uh, probably most famous for, as far as I know. Um, he played so the he, villain in Jupiter Ascending. I don't even count that. <laughs> Jupiter Ascending. Um, so for people who aren't really fully aware, I mean, the book is actually, you know, based off a textbook that showed up in Harry Potter and the Philosopher's or Sorcerer's Stone, depending on where you live uh, in the world. Um, it's one of Harry's textbooks that actually, like, just depicts kind of, you know, the creatures that are in the Harry Potter universe. So the film will actually f- take place 70 years prior uh, and kind of depict how this book was created, basically. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see J.K. Rowling's heavily involved with it, which is good. I mean, I don't imagine she'd let her baby run wild. One of my favorite things that I've read so far about this upcoming movie, uh, which I believe set to come out, I think it's November 18th of next year. I think so, yeah. Is that they brought David Yates back on. Yes. I mean, they brought him. He was the one who did the last four movies uh, in, in, in the Harry Potter franchise. And personally, I think those, as the series went on, um, it got better and better and better because it got darker and it got... Anyways, Yates did a great job with them. I'm super pumped to see what he's going to do with this. Uh, interesting take on it, though. Uh, I'm, I mean, did, I'm not sure. Did any of you guys read the book? that came Because like, the book was out in 20, 2001. Yeah, I actually haven't read the, any of the spinoff books from the main series. Um, I enjoyed... I, I will be honest, I'm a late bloomer to Harry Potter. I only read it... Uh, a couple years ago, actually, but I blew through the books. Um, quite, quite good. Uh, I want to read them again, but yeah, I haven't read any of the spinoff stuff. So okay, it, like I said, it'll be an interesting take on it. That's for sure. And uh, I think, realistically, it, it, I think it's, I'm going to look forward to it. I loved the Harry Potter movies. I mean, as a kid, I grew up. I read all the books. Um, I own the books now uh, in digital form, obviously. Do you own the Hogwarts Castle Blu-ray box set? I do not. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I don't. I do, but I, what I do own is I, I own the steel cases. So, oh, nice. Well, I'm waiting. Cool. I'm waiting for the big Blu-ray set, the the the, the big thick one, to go on uh, sale. So it's uh, it's 119, and it's been out for like three years. <laughs> so I'm waiting for that to go on sale. That goes to show how popular Harry Potter is. They don't have to drop the price, so obviously. <laughs> Um, but anyways, yeah, so I mean, I don't know, again, so, I mean, Steve, you said you're a big fan of the movies, right? So I mean, oh, yeah, huge what fan are your thoughts on something you're looking forward to? Um, it's something I'm looking forward to. I mean, more Harry Potter is, is good for me because, I mean, the movies are the movies are timeless. I mean, I watched a video the other day that did a really good retrospect of the movies, and man, those kids, man, the way they grew up from, from beginning to now, and uh, uh, it's just, it's a really good movie. Like, it's, it's it, to me, it's on, it's in the same 
uh, vein as like Lord of the Rings and Star Wars and the Star Trek movies is wow. It's it's the definitive. It's it's those collections that you want to have. It's those movies that you really want to watch. I so agree. That, I agree. Yeah. I just didn't ever predict you ever using those words and comparing them and putting them <laughs> on the same par. You know, good for you, buddy. Way to expand. <laughs> it's it's more so for like a collector for a collector's purposes. I mean, it, it's 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 going to sit there next to you know my Star Wars collections and I'm, my I'm Lord of the and all that. I'm going to tell you something, Steve, and I'm going to tell you this right now. The movies, as good as they are, and this is this is news for someone who can't read like yourself, but uh, the movies, as good as they are, do not capture the same heart that the books do. Actually, you miss you miss out on a lot. Yep. Oh, boo, oh, boo fucking who? Neither, do, neither does Lord of the Rings, so... <laughs> I don't know, Lord of the Rings was pretty... Lord of the Rings was a pretty fairly close adaptation, man. Except I for, just, except, except for the, the the Hobbit was the only one that was movie adaptation was terrible. Yeah, the book. yeah. I mean, Orlando Bloom's so sexy they just had to fucking throw him into the movie for no reason. They just I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna segue here, but uh, anybody who watched the second Hobbit movie, do you remember when uh, Legolas is fighting the orc at the end and he cuts him, and yep. then Legolas looks at him? Did everybody else be like? Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. That's, that's 100%. <laughs> oh, 100%, man. It's like, nobody makes me bleed my own blood. <laughs> oh, but no, man, I'm, I'm really, I'm super stoked for this movie. Um, I, and also, you know, I'm super stoked for the, for the possibility of, uh, you know, there being more Harry Potter books and more Harry Potter movies. Because, I mean, there is talk that, you know, Harry Potter is going to come back at some point. Um, in his either his own book or a side book. So I mean, well, I, mean, I, I like, like to know what's going on with him and Jenny's kids. I mean, it's important. I find yeah. it. She's and Rowling's been releasing a lot of short stories lately as well that kind of like give you a bit of insight as to what happened afterwards. So it'll be, it would be really cool if maybe in like five, ten years she kind of steps back into the shoes and decides, hey, I'm going to continue this for a new generation kind of thing. I, and you know, I I could see that happening. I mean, that's. That's what franchises like this do, right? So, so. I agree with you, buddy. But anyways, uh, so yeah, so we'll move on to that, and uh, we'll close the show with our final story. Uh, we got some big news. We finally got that Fallout news everyone was looking for. Steve, take it away. Oh yeah, man! Like I don't I, like if there's one thing I'm looking forward to, it is Fallout 4, which was officially officially announced this week um, through trailer. Uh, Bethesda started a 24-hour clock on the Fallout.com, and uh, when that 24-hour clock was done, we got the first beautiful trailer for Fallout 4. Um, it is based in Boston. Um, there's been a lot Bastin. of speculation. Baston. There's been a lot of speculation as to where the 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 next numbered game in the series would uh, take place. Um, the people said uh, Massachusetts, or people said uh, even um, you know it was going to take place in Philadelphia or, or Chicago or places like that. But no, it is Boston, and uh, it is Fallout Four, so it is following uh, in the same vein as Fallout Three. Uh, I don't know if it is going to serve as a direct sequel to Fallout Three or if it will take places a direct sequel to New Vegas and all that uh, so but all I know man is we get we're getting Fallout 4 and no uh, no official release date yet but if I know Bethesda it'll probably won't come out until next year they're not very famous for saying hey here's a new game and it's coming out next month well, so <laughs> interestingly that you say that uh, apparently a placeholder came up that said it might come out for the holiday of this year uh, and they did say the game will be demoed and possibly playable at E3, so it's it's hard to say. Maybe they've been 
they might have been working on this for quite some time. Oh, they definitely have been, man. It's definitely been something they're they've been working on for a while. I, I, I would be I would be honestly shocked if it did come out this year, but it, I mean that'd be kind of crazy if they're like, hey, it'll be out in six months, guys. <laughs> but uh, side note to this, and anybody who's following the news on the uh, on the website as well, um, we this we know that Adam Sessler and Morgan Webb are going to be reuniting for the Bethesda. Uh, for the Bethesda, the Bethesda, Bethesda conference, uh, so they're kind of, and and Bethesda is going to have a conference this year at E3. Which, by the way, guys, just to let you know, we are going to have full coverage of E3 at thoseguysgeek.com. So, going to plug that here now. Um, but uh, yeah, so they're kind of making a big deal out of this conference. So I'm thinking, you know, we could see Fallout 4 before the end of the year, and, and I would be stoked because I don't know about you guys, I played the shit out of Fallout 3. Fallout 3 I, was great. Yeah, it was absolutely one of the best games I've ever played. It is up there in my top games of all time, and I could go back and play the shit out of it again. So it's just it's amazing. I just want to touch quickly on E3 before we get into this, uh, because not only am I pumped to see Webb and Sessler back together to talk about all the shit, Dignation's reuniting for that one time at E3, <laughs> and Kevin Rose, uh, at the end of the day, like it's one of those one guy you've always wanted to meet your entire <laughs> life. He's that fucking guy. I mean, he's the reason that I wanted to get into this stuff. He's the reason I wanted to, you know, start making internet videos and, you know, start podcasting, whether it be about sports or this and that. And when I saw the announcement that they were looking for a, a GoFundMe, I believe, or a Kickstarter or something, anyways, to help get everything back on track. And they're not actually doing it at E3. They're going to be off to a side site, but ultimately they'll be there. So there will be a Dignation reunion. So I'm so stoked for E3 this year. It's going to be foolish. Um, but, yeah, one thing I – sorry, go yeah. ahead. Oh no! I was gonna. I was gonna say since you were talking about you know iconic people and whatnot uh, before you get before you get into what you were gonna say there, uh, Chris. Uh, Adam Sessler is mine. Um, like I love Kevin Rose, uh, but Adam Sessler is the is the the main inspiration for me to get involved in uh, video game journalism. So I'm anytime Adam Sessler comes to E3 or anything he does, I'm always there because I think the man is just an absolute genius when it comes to reviewing and uh, video game journalism. So It helps that Morgan Webb is a rocket. Um, and it also helps that Morgan Webb is a pretty nice looking girl. So. Um, but yeah, so anyways, one thing I did want to pick out that I did notice because it was an announcement made on Fallout 4 is that they've announced that it will not be coming out on the Xbox 360 or the PS3. Nope. Their next-gen exclusive Xbox One, PS4, um, first and foremost, I want, first question to you guys eventually is going to be, uh, I want to know what your thoughts are. Um, and second of all, have we gotten to that point where we don't need to start creating games for older gen consoles if you want to start boosting things? What are your thoughts? I think it takes time uh, when any console generation shapes over for, you know, like to get to the point that they phase out those old consoles. And it takes it takes a fair bit of time uh, usually, like in this case, a couple years now, we're finally starting to see, like, you know, Batman Arkham Knight, Fallout 4, you know, these games are next-gen, PC only. Um, and I think that's important. Uh, I get why it takes a little bit, a little while, because, I mean, financially, at launch, why... Huge why, Yeah, why would you build a game for a brand-new console that will only have, you know, so many... You know, so many, so much of an install base. Uh, you might as well split development between the two. But I think we're finally crossing that threshold where you know, by the end of this year, or next year, we'll start to see you know the phase out of those. The, the full phase out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I mean, honestly, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna get a game now, uh, like when I bought Destiny, 
it was no question I'm getting it on the Xbox One. But there's other games like there sometimes you know oh that's fine I'll play I can play that. But I, honestly, man, if I'm getting a game, I'm getting it on my Xbox One. Uh, one thing I will tell people that this is definitely an indication that the next full fledged Elder Scrolls game will most likely be a next-gen exclusive. So if you don't have an Xbox One or a PlayStation 4 right now, anybody who's listening who's an Elder Scrolls fan, any hope that you may be holding that it may come out on the next-gen consoles, I'm telling you right now, if Fallout 4 is next-gen exclusive, the next Elder Scrolls game, I'd be willing to put money on it, is going to be exclusive. So I'm, I'm fine with it, personally, because, I mean, I own both systems. Sure. But um, And it's funny that you mentioned uh, PC, too, Jason, uh uh, there's actually going to be a big PC presence at E3 this year, from what yeah. I'm seeing. So, um, we're getting we're getting into that phase. And uh, Chris, that's a really good question, and I'm fine with it. And you know, I know there's some people out there who are probably listening and be like, "No, man, I'm hanging out on my 360." I know my brother, for example. You know, he's on his 360 right now, um, and he, you know, he loves it. But you know, eventually, he's going to have to switch over if he wants to play those games. No, and I agree. And I mean, we're at a point now because I mean, the Xbox One and the PS4 they're about a year and a half old now. Um, so it, it is. About that. I mean, you can't make the transition like Jason said. You can't just start putting these games out exclusively within the first twelve months because automatically you're you are you're limiting your audience as to who's going to purchase this stuff. So either way, it brings I'm on quality too. You got it. And I mean, well, I think the quote was about why they weren't making it for previous gen consoles. It was stated, "What we're doing just won't work." I mean, it's it's too powerful. It's too big. We we need these heavy, bulky systems to do it. So, either way, it's exciting to see that they're finally starting to do that. Um, and I, in fact, actually, I just want to give a small little quick. Uh, you know, when Bethesda acquired the rights essentially to the Fallout series back in '04, they finally like they didn't do anything for the first three years. But then in 2007, that's when they actually just said the hell with it. They bought the entire franchise because when they had licensed it, they had licensed it strictly for those three titles: Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas, and now Fallout 4. But like I said, back in 2007, they just did the hell with it and bought the entire franchise. So it makes me believe that Bethesda is going to put some serious work into this, and obviously this is where their passion project is as well. I just I just hope my favorite thing from the Fallout games was that you could make a character with such low intelligence that you couldn't complete the game. And I hope it's still there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I... I'm telling you right now, this game is going to be a blockbuster, um, mainly because it's coming from Bethesda, and Bethesda is one of those uh, publishers at the right now that does cre- that creates releases the whole from from beginning to end. There's no middleman like Activision or EA or anybody like that. So this game is going to be a hit, and it's going to be amazing, man. It's going to be the it's until the next Elder Scrolls game. This is going to be the big game for. This generation, I can't what wait. What me up was the fact that in the in the in the official trailer in the back, um, and for those who know me a little bit, diehard Red Sox fan, uh, Fenway Park was in the trailer. It was in the back, <laughs> made me super excited. In fact, actually, I'm heading down to Boston on Thursday. Uh, I'm going to see the Red Sox series next weekend. So, it's um, yeah, I'm pumped for it. I love the fact that they're doing it in mass. I mean, the trailer originally came out at the statue of Paul Revere, the USS Constitution. Uh, you know the the Massachusetts State House is there. I mean, it, it's it's gonna be the trailer was epic. It was epic. Yeah, it was it was beautiful, man. I can't I can't wait for this game. I've been waiting uh probably about six or seven years now for this game. Um, because I mean, New Vegas was a good game. Uh, don't get me wrong, but Fallout Three eclipses it. 
Just saying, and if you had six or seven years, you probably could have read the Harry Potter books. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> but uh, guys, uh, we're going to end this video off here right now, just letting you know that E3 is in a couple of weeks. Um, we are going to have full coverage of E3 on uh, our website over at thoseguysgeek.com. And uh, you can check out Geek Out on SoundCloud and iTunes. Just search Those Guys Geek and you'll be able to find us there. Um, but we thank you guys so much for sticking with us for this whole year. Steve, um, before, you, before you sign off, buddy, I just want to let everybody know to reminder that Apple does have their WWDC event tomorrow as well. So uh, Yeah, I was, sure was going to mention that, actually. Perfect. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's fine. So uh, we're also, uh, so over at thoseguysgeek.com, we will have full coverage of uh, the, the WDC event tomorrow where Apple can come out and parade all their uh, lovely new electronics that none of us can really afford. Uh, <laughs> I've, got, I've got my dev account ready to go, man. I can't wait. iOS 9, when they announce the beta, I will have it. I'm, uh, I'm activated and ready to go. But guys, we thank you so much if you're listening to us and you've been with us since day one. We thank you so much for sticking with us. Uh, like, sub share, subscribe, do all that fun stuff that we love. Um, I'm tripping over my own words, but apparently that's because I don't read much. So uh, like some shit that was boring. like some shit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we'll see you guys next week with another episode of Geek Out, and uh, yeah, we'll talk to you guys later. Thanks. <laughs>